I don't really need to look very much further. I don't want to have to go where you don't follow. I won't hold it back again. Oh this passion God. inside. I can't run from myself. Uh-huh. There's nowhere to hide. Uh-huh. You'll love forever and ever. <laughs> okay, join me here. Join me here, bitch. Don't let me close. Oh, actually, no. Don't join me. Don't join me. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me close one more door. I don't want to hurt anymore. Stay in my arms if you dare. Or must I imagine you there? Don't walk away from me. Mm, I have mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. Nothing if I don't have you. you. This sounds really okay. familiar. This <laughs> sounds really familiar. Oh, it's the song you butchered last week, bitch. <laughs> um, but the girl, a couple girls asked me to re-record it. They were like, "Girl, your girl didn't do that. No, didn't do it justice." <laughs> See, I, all right, so to be fair, to be fair, I wanted to do another take of it, but some girl was like, oh, no, girl, it's fine. Just keep it going. That's part of the show. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Two Save Queens, <laughs> where I'm getting called out by my, like, for real, though. I mean, you know, it, it was a rough day. My voice wasn't where it normally is better. It's normally better. I'm going to give y'all something else later on. Not to this episode, but I'll come back. I'll redeem myself. Because you're point. No, I'm not going to lie. Your singing voice is usually better than mine. I actually think you have a better singing voice than I do. I, I think my sometimes if I... Rough, but... Sometimes when I actually try and focus on singing, I don't sound good. <laughs> but if I just do it naturally, it's like, oh, you sound nice. I could agree with anyway. that. And I'm actually lying... <laughs> I don't know. The girls don't know this, but I actually record the show lying down. Like I'm a real lazy bitch. Like y'all, y'all should see me. I I'm lying down on my stomach, like like I'm about I to mean, you know I arch my like... back and shit and get ready to you know <laughs> get dicked down. But no, uh, it's because my back hurts uh, from sitting too long, so I can't sit this long. But yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. Thank you for that. Um, for helping me fix that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm your host, Miss Malachi. I'm joined by um, the songstress, <laughs> Miss Devereaux. Hey. Um, I mean, I guess that's fitting um, that you know you got some feedback because um, <laughs> what I did because this is gonna be our very special, our first all emails, you know, episode. It's all about her emails. We hey. got in quite a few okay we or we got some deep ones like i you know we put out the call we had some that we had been saving up because we had just been basic girls sorry again miss keisha we're gonna get to a girl but um no so this all email show um so a little special this week but before we get to our emails how are you doing miss deverell i am doing great actually um oh yeah i had a yeah i had a little mishap yesterday that's why i couldn't record a download with deverell with some tea (laughs) But don't worry about that. You know, whenever you're being you have, an ally, you're being an ally. Whenever you have a lot of fish in your life, it's always a lot of tea. That's just what it is, girl. The fish be wearing me out, but it's okay because I love them. But no, um, but no, it's I'm doing great because, girl, I got my first haircut since February 11th. I got it this morning, girl. Wow, over you never six got a... months over six months. Wow. Oh yeah. man, you might need to give a, you know give a photo for the gram. Be like, this is what it do. Six months. No, I can't do the gram. Because my, no. my okay, because I cheated on my barber, my trade barber. I cheated on. Oh, him. does he 
Does he follow you like that? He follows me on the gram. Maybe I can do it on the Two Saves Queens one because he doesn't follow <laughs> us there. But I can't do it on my own gram. I gotta, cause I cheated on my barber because homeboy just had like a birthday party for his wife. Right. Like he's just not acting He was hanging right. out with some random, you know, young niggas. Some, like he's just been out and about, right? Exactly. So, and so my brother, you know, Loki has been cheating on him too and like going to, cause we've been going to the same barber for like 10 plus years. Like, mm. and so I, my brother does, my brother does cheat regularly on this barber. Okay. And so he goes to this fancy barber shop with, you know, where all the fancy black trade be. And um, it was fifty eight dollars for his haircut. With the it was 50, <laughs> it was how much fifty eight dollars with the tip, girl. I've never paid more than twenty five dollars for a black haircut. I know you got you got to specify black haircut because you know you can't go because it's me. I have natural hair, so I could go to like some curl places and have them do some stuff. And all right, I'll give you forty five, fifty, and some natural hair salons can be expensive too. But for a regular regular black haircut. Mm-mm. Like, did do they wash it? You get a massage. It wasn't even like... all that. It was just regular black man oh, haircut no. tees. But it was just it's expensive. The haircut itself is expensive, and then the tip, huh. and you prepay it. And the reason I like I went here is because like literally it was only me and one one barber in there. We were the only two people in there. We were both masked. I saw them wipe down all the surfaces, wipe everything down. We were both okay. masked the whole time. Did they have plastic dividers up between the areas or? But see, there was no, there was only, they, I was the only one in the shop. Oh. There was no other customers. It's like it. they do one at a time. They don't even book. Okay. And so during Corona, at least. And so, um, and my <laughs> brother was like, he knows how paranoid I am. And he told me I needed to go here. And that $58 was worth every cent. Cause this haircut yes. is laid out. This nigga laid me out. Mm. Like he and couldn't he got have done peace it. of mind, and I got peace of mind, and he couldn't have done it any better, even if he had dicked me down. Like this haircut, he did it so good. <laughs> he did it so good. I mean, this is like younger trade too. This oh, is like early thirties trade versus my barber, who's like like late forties trade. Uh-huh. So, um, but this young nigga, like he hooked this shit up for that fifty eight dollars, and I was so happy. Well, I'm happy for you, girl, because I know it had been a struggle. I know you have been not looking forward to you know being on video um so i'm 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 curious girl did y'all have some good barbershop talk and so you know it was trade talk he made me listen to a rick rubin podcast with reverend run and rick rubin like trade podcast how did he make see that's the no it's like because it was on the speaker in the back it was on the speaker it was a it was on the speaker in the background and we had i'd be like change that change that to give me some black r&b black station but what he gonna put on a podcast that's too it was it was rick rubin and reverend run it was just good to listen to the trade though to just i gotta stay connected to them because i don't know shit about trade sometimes and you so, literally have multiple trade in your life. Yeah, but right. I'm more than you, right? But at yeah. the same time, at the same time, like I still don't, I don't follow them closely enough to really know all that whole tough shit they be talking about all the time. <laughs> so it was good, like he was telling me it's about good check in, good check in. But but you know he was it was interesting because he actually was like we were talking about Corona because he actually asked me about Corona. <coughs> Excuse me, <laughs> I coughed uh, about Corona. Yeah, but he actually. <laughs> He asked me. He asked me about Corona, and I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, no, I, lo- I know quite a few people at Corona. Nobody in my like immediate family or anything." And he was mm. like, "He was like, oh yeah, you know, I actually had lost my sense of taste, of uh, taste and smell." And I'm like, "Nigga, when? When did you lose your sense of <laughs> taste and smell? Not recently, right?" He was like, "Oh no, back in March, back in March." So it was cool. Like I, he didn't have me freaked out or anything, but yeah, it was some tea. So. Mm. Yeah, it was cute. I'm happy with it. I'm, I'll post it to Two Save Queens. I won't post it on my personal gram. Okay. Two Save Queens. Good stuff. 
Um, well, girl, are you ready to jump into this mailbag and I sure email? am. I sure am. I'm ready, girl. I'm so excited for. I didn't know the girls was listening to us like this, so it's good to have some validation and have some emails, right? Yeah, the girls have some opinions. Um, so this first one that to get to, I'm gonna call her just an anonymous Judy. Um, so this one was kind of questioning me about, um, you know, I told a story last week about how I didn't think my um dad had any guns in the house and they were just because they know me a little bit better they're like are you sure so it made me kind of actually go um ask talk to my mom about it and kind of find out the tea and bitch i had it all wrong so my dad was in the guns oh. um, and my mom was all trader in the guns you should have known that you yeah, known better. yeah. All and he was a marine i mean I, so yeah. maybe the whole police thing was just about you know some tamir rice tea with like the um you know not playing with like a police gun um or not playing with police toys in general but, um, yeah, my mom was telling me that the reason why we didn't have guns, or as far as she knew, was really her. So she, um, she actually worked in the prison system, um, and, uh, the Bureau of Prisons, and actually she had a gun, and she used to keep her gun in the car, uh, cause she's like working in prisons. And, but her experience working there kind of, she saw how, you know, so many incarcerated young black men and black people, and because of like gun charges. So for her, it kind of, because she grew up in the south where you know they used to have her dad had multiple rifles they had pistols but kind of spending some time in the prison system kind of turned her off of guns and she was like no there's no guns in the house especially if we can't give them proper training on how to use them so for her yeah she was never about gun like now we are not while we were young um mm. now she's kind of like we were kind of talking about it but she's like now she's like she's like i was actually thinking about getting her she's thinking about getting her gun back but instead she's like you know gonna get a taser because you know philly philly's acting wild right now like you know i know we in the rebel but philly's really like people just break in the house especially you know she's oh, a bit older yeah. they live by themselves they don't have like yes. a dog with, so. another, with someone else who's older too right? yeah yeah, yeah. So, but she's like, I'm just going to get this military grade taser. And I'm like, all right, well, that sounds like that'll do the trick. But she was actually really encouraged. She's like, you know, just, you know, take some training classes, you know, f- learn how to use it. But so, yeah. Has your mom, has your mom ever listened to us? I'm just curious. <laughs> no. Okay. Has your mom listened to us? No, girl. No. <laughs> okay, then. We're going to keep it there. Yeah, let's keep it there. <laughs> but, you know, I will say this. Can we just. I don't think she in... would actually mind it, though. No. Mine would think I'm too out there. She always thinks I'm too <laughs> out there with everything. <laughs> But let me let me say this one thing now. Let me say this one because I want I don't want girls thinking your mom is part of some evil prison industrial complex. Your mom was doing like a cert like a right specific oh yeah service. So and, she went to medical school, okay, and in order to pay it. for medical school, she got a grant from the military. So she had to spend time working in some sort of military institution or like in the I what is I don't remember what it's called what the program is, but like so she worked in um as a psychologist in the prison system in the bureau of prisons yeah so she's so kind she of was, like doing yeah, yeah. she was so, doing good work in the prison yeah she you know she was doing like the rehabilitative work in the prison not the like yeah. beat you down like no treat no you like no, an animal no, type no, of prison no. work so uh-huh. i just wanted the girls to know that just yeah so they don't no know the story. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually it was interesting because, like, I think she had gotten, like, I think an inmate kind of actually attacked. So she has, like, some medals of honor because, like, an inmate attacked her while she was pregnant with me. So thankfully, I'm still here. So it worked out okay. But no wonder you turned out like you did, bitch. No wonder you turned out like a crazy hoe. So now we're going to have something for... (laughs) 
Now, Miss Keisha, girl, we know we kept y'all waiting, so we got some questions from you. So, first off, you know, thank you for your email. Thank you both for the countless laughs and all the fucking gaggery. I like hey. that gaggery. Um, so, ra- some random comms and cues. Um, so, first, you want to thank us for the episode. What was the episode? Um, 14, four- girl. 14. Federal black men, we can believe it. Yes, um, to, for bringing some awareness about the lack of respect, protection, and basic consideration. Black men get black women. Um, they truly are under women and the white men of black people, girl. We were just talking today about black hetero men. Um, but getting into some questions that you had, um, have you two been following any data on the impact of COVID and HIV? Obviously, the data is not very developed, but I do think it may be important for the community to raise an eyebrow. Um, so girl, you had looked into this a bit, I think. Yes, I did look into this because I, I actually have a close friend who's HIV positive, who is very, like, he's even a bigger quarantiner than I am. Like, he's very afraid of COVID. I think part of it, he's an undetectable HIV girl, but he, he feels like because he's technically a compromise or immunocompromised that he's more at risk. But what the data is showing is that just by having HIV, you're not necessarily more at risk of, you know, a severe COVID infection. It's Mm -hmm. the comorbidities that come with HIV. So being HIV positive makes you more predisposed to things like higher cholesterol, higher blood pressure, higher lipids, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And they don't know. Sometimes I I don't know whether it's the medication that makes you more prone to those things because that could affect us prep girls too, right? Or I don't know if it's the um or if it's the actual condition that makes it that way. But so being um but being so granted, this is still a young man that I'm, we're talking about. So mm-hmm. that being said, um he actually may not be any more, you know, at risk than let's say you or me or anyone else. I think it may be for people who have who are more longer term HIV survivors, so girls that are maybe like 15 20 years plus hiv survivors because mm-hmm. that's when the side effects of like higher cholesterol higher blood pressure tend to come in i think i think it could be a risk but mainly because of those secondary conditions and not necessarily because of hiv now if you have untreated hiv so you're not undetectable mm-hmm. right then mm-hmm. i think that's when covid becomes more of a risk according to an article i read um that that would actually be more of a because you technically are you are immunocompromised Okay. When you have untreated HIV and, you know, you're also already more predisposed to conditions like pneumonia that would make you, you know, and COVID causes pneumonia too. So right. it's about whether right. it's it's about whether you're treated or not. So mm-hmm. basically, girls, you got to get tested, not just for COVID, but got to keep up with your HIV test because you don't want to have yeah. untreated HIV and COVID together. Bad combination. Mm. Well, thank you for that one, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one, I think you might have some thoughts on as well um, from Miss Keisha also. Um, she wanted to make a prediction that Kim and Kanye will get a divorce <laughs> in 2022. I think the Kardashians will just be fed up with his mental illness and go <laughs> back to being white women um, and separate themselves from him. Um, <laughs> a fire-ass album will result and we, the black community, may get Kanye back from the second place. Girl, we're not getting Kanye back. Like, we're not that girl's, Kanye back, yeah. She out there meeting with Jared, Jared Kushner. Like, they about to have her out there trying to pull some of our votes away from Biden and Kamala, which is a whole other thing. But anyway, right. um, do you think... I I actually was... I actually have been thinking about this, too. I think, I think it's going to happen. I think that w- the way he came at 
her children, that might be too much for Cam. What do you think, girl? But but you know, I just looked at her Twitter today, and she just oh yeah, she did. Sunday <laughs> services are back, and she had this picture of all these black people in robes in Wyoming. <sighs> like she's she's complicit. Like let me tell you, I think I don't blame her for his condition. He had bipolar probably well before he married her. I think the thing is, she enables him in specific ways. And I think she is so concerned about her image and having a third divorce, because this would be her third one, FYI. Ah. I think that she's trying to hang on as long as she can to this marriage. I I think it will ultimately fall apart, but I think she's worried because she had that 72-day marriage that, with that, you know, multi-million, $18 million wedding back in 2011. Okay. Right. She was super embarrassed by that. That that really, dis- that's part of what destroyed her reputation. It wasn't the sex tape. It was that 72-day marriage where everyone started to think the Kardashians were trash, right? But, <laughs> and because they, they tried to bamboozle all of us. And I, uh, she went through with that Because that was wedding. a whole wedding special, wasn't it? Yes. And they made millions. And, but it was just, it was bad. She shouldn't have gone through with that wedding. Like, she should, that was Was bad. that the one of the basketball player? That was the one, Chris Humphreys, the basketball player. Mm. Yeah. But before, she was married before that when she was like 19 years old to, I think, a guy named Damon John, who's like this like random nigga, like in the entertainment <laughs> slash music industry slash he ain't shit. I think he might have even been beating her ass. I don't know. I don't want to. Allegedly. I can't <laughs> allegedly, remember. Allegedly. Don't allegedly, girl. I, don't, I think he even sued her. I think he even sued her oh, for defamation. Wow. So I don't want to play that, those games. But I think he was he was trash, though, in some capacity. Okay. Some other black man she was married to. And okay. when she was very young. And he was much older than her. Or a little bit older than her. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I think she's just like, she doesn't want to be that three-time divorce girl. Mm-hmm. And I think she's hanging on. She's got four kids with this man. But ultimately, right. it's not going to work because Kanye is also probably a queen. Like I think hey, Kanye, th- that's is, what Azalea says. And she's he just, right. He just want to go out there and get that dick. Now it was problematic, but I will say I laughed. <laughs> she was so terrible. She's like, just be honest, Kanye. Be out, go out there and go get your dick. <laughs> You know, but she is problematic as she is. Sometimes she's right on. Sometimes target. she be she was right about Elon Musk. She, yes. she sometimes she be right. Sometimes she, she's right. Sometimes she's right. Like that's the issue. And she goes in on white queens, and a lot of white queens deserve when she goes in on white queens. And like, some of those white queens do just like you know a nice little you know black person or black musician or black music as like a little like a miley cyrus tea like oh i just wanted to make me feel edgy or i just want someone to dance with but also you don't see us as people and i think she gets that like, and so she's yeah real so big what miss malachi scene. is getting at is like azalea we're talking about azalea banks because i think we didn't say her last name the problematic mm-hmm. female rapper azalea banks and on top of that how like she criticized you know like miss miley like totally took advantage of black culture and the hip-hop genre and then was like oh it was just a phase i just wanted to you know, mm-hmm. and we, we, you and me used to feature Miss Miley. Like we used to feature her way back. Like, yeah, yeah, but we we got over that. But um, yeah, yeah okay, but, I might listen. I might listen to Malibu every once in a while. It's like her. It's like her post. It's her back to white album. She had a song called Malibu. It's kind of cute. But anyway, oh that, um, yeah, that song is cute. I just it's cute. It's yeah. cute. They get a remix of it. Um, but yeah, so so you think it's gonna happen? So when you oh, are, so, I think so you think, it, probably, but not twenty twenty two. I think she, okay. What year are we in now? Twenty twenty. This disaster right. year. Um, yeah. So she's so you know Keisha thought down the line. She gave it a couple more years. I think Miss Keisha's pretty much on target. I would say, but twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. I think she's on target. I do. Right. I do. There you have it, girl. Um, and we do have actually another question we're gonna answer for you, Miss Keisha. But I loved it as a more of a footnote, so we're gonna wait to the end of the show. Great. Um. 
so we're gonna actually move over to um someone <laughs> we haven't figured out this naming convention like sometimes i want to use a name sometimes i'll just come up with a different thing so yeah if you will write into something I'm, I'm trying not to use people's real names even though we know some of y'all um but yeah tell us how you would like to be called yeah. so um, we should i think we should make we could make up fun names though if the girls yeah. don't say anything because i don't want to yeah. use girls governments I no 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 know. yeah girl i mean we're not using our government <laughs> <laughs> we sure are so this next one i just came up with the name just quarantine queen because it relates to the topic um so hi y'all love your show and i listen every week it's a real highlight for me thank you boo i would love your opinion on this my partner's sister and this is a queen um because partner can be related to heterosexual couples yeah my partner's sister fell on tough times and has moved in with us since then, she acted irresponsibly during the pandemic. Uh-oh. She attended a small gathering and two days later had COVID symptoms, which she thought were allergies. Girl. Oh <laughs> her job sent her to get tested for COVID and she tested positive. Girl, why you have to wait for the job? Like, oh. My partner is immunocompromised and tested positive as well. Thankfully, I am so negative. We did not attend the party and rarely leave the house due to his immunodeficiency and my asthma. How would you deal with this situation and the family dynamics? Much love, quarantine queen. I kind of know <laughs> what I think Ms. Deborah was going to say. But go ahead, girl. Well, kick her out. <laughs> kick that bitch out. Put that bitch out. That bitch has got to go because if she doesn't respect your goddamn rules in your house, this bitch is a fucking house guest. She's got to get the fuck out. She's already now. Now she's in. she tried to kill your husband, bitch. Yes. I well, I mean that's his sister, right? Like, yeah, that's his back, sister. Yeah. That's not still <laughs> she tried to kill her brother. <laughs> you know, and I yeah, there was a scenario like I know someone who kicked their own sister out for doing just this. So I mean, and they were they had every reason to do that, and so I feel like this is some tea. Like, and now your partner is tested positive for COVID. Oh my so, goodness. So now, I mean, it's how disrespectful, like you're going out of your way to protect yourself and your partner and she out there going and going to a party. Like it'd be one thing if, oh, she got it from work or something like that. She went to a party. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, that is Mm -hmm. a big no, no for me. She's got to go. But I will say this much. I mean, I think you can give her now that because now the damage is done. Your partner's already tested positive. So I think you can give her a timeline for moving out. I say you, I, I, t- I say you could give her till, you know, yeah. September fifteenth, and be like, bitch, you got to get out of here by September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. You are gone. Mm-hmm. That gives you almost a month to look for a place, and it's over. You're, you're out of here. Like, and if it's like, you know, I mean, you could, if because I know sometimes people are like, I don't know, if you feel like, oh, do I want to say you? For me, I'd be like, well, bitch, you 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 disrespected my house. You disrespected us by going out there and getting Miss Rona. Um, but if you don't feel like saying that, you could just be like, girl, we just need we just need our space back. Like we're together, we're a couple. Like we're we're being nice. Like you haven't said why. Um, you know, if she are you saying she fell on tough times? But, but girl, she's working that now. tough. Is she she's out there? She's she working. out there going to parties, and I mean, got enough money to go, or got enough time to go party. The time tough time not must not be that much tough anymore. Um, but I think giving that timeline just always a lot because you're always able to like you're a lot. It's just, I think sometimes it's hard for us, especially for people of color, how we're raised to like to stand up to family or to set firm boundaries but sometimes you actually have to choose yourself and take care of yourself especially when you have a partner um especially when both of you are potentially you know liable to catch 
Miss Rona, you got to do what's best for you in your household, honey. So give her that timeline and say, all right, girl, well, you got to go stay with another family member or go figure some shit out. You know, rent's getting low right now because everybody's getting evicted. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in like Miss New York, I don't know where you girls are, but I heard that like 13% of apartments in New York are vacant right now. So that's some tea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it is what it is. She disrespected your household, and the damage is done. Though mm-hmm. now that your partner has tested positive, so I would just say give that girl till September fifteenth, and she's got to find a place to stay. She's working. She should have been saving up money while she was living with you all, whatever little money she had. So she and if you know what, and if she can't afford to move somewhere, put five hundred dollars on that bitch's. Uh, I- Oh, you know, on her cash app. I was just about to say, get her the fuck out of your house. Take care of that one month rent and be like, girl, pay me back, you know, at some point, pay me back in installments, you know, $100 every two weeks or something. Exactly. Um, If she, you know, because sometimes I know sometimes it's hard for people if they don't have the first or the first to second and last. Um, So. So yeah, put a little money money in her account and get her (laughs) out of Put a little money in that cash app. Get her out. but yeah, keep us posted on that. Um, I hope it does work out. I hope y'all continue to be safe and healthy and take care. Take care, please. <clears throat> this next one, I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the name Shay. Me Shay. Okay. okay. Um, dear queens, the great black lesbian feminist Audre Lorde once wrote, "The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house." Capitalism survives through the perception that resources are scarce. Scar. Oh my God, can I speak scarce? In truth, the things we need to live full lives are in complete abundance. Therefore, to embrace capitalism um, as a black person, like the white folks who created it, will it will only lead to pain and suffering of our most vulnerable. I think this really started our Blackest Queen episode. That mm-hmm. was that last episode. It might have been the girl. I'd be forgetting these episodes. I think it's the episode before. Episode before. Yeah. Um, our goal shouldn't be to accumulate wealth. In truth, we already have it amongst us. There are black folks, the Carters included, okay, Beyonce and Jay-Z, who have abundant wealth. Even those without wealth have something to give. Miss Lord also said, without community, there is no liberation. This is important. Us black folks, we all we got. So if that's the case, we have to care for our most vulnerable. We have to ensure that their needs are met. When our needs are met, we will give to others. This concept completely defies capitalism. So my question is, what would it look like for black folks to care for the most vulnerable of our community around us? How does this apply to black women equal payday? How does this apply to concerns some folks have about a Biden-Harris ticket? How does this apply to going hard for Breonna Taylor? How does this apply to protecting black trans folks and seeing black trans women thrive? Without capitalism, what would it actually mean to thrive? Why are we so resistant to imagining something better for ourselves? What do we need to get it? What stands in our way? So obviously this is a question that like, or this is something that like, I'm kind of already on this speed. I like, for me, it's like about imagination, but I actually want to defer to see like, cause I think I challenged you in that episode about like, I understand the idea of like taking care of ourselves and of building wealth or, you know, doing what you do and in some ways trying to take care of this community. But sometimes I don't think that type of brand, certain type of capitalism, or the idea of going it through capitalism, focusing on that, even if it's black capitalism is always the right way. Cause it does come at the expense of someone. Um, but anyway, I'll let you say whatever you want on this Yeah, one. girl. So so what are you going to do without money, girl? I mean, and so, I mean, I, I totally understand your critique of capitalism because capitalism is a vulture, you know, a vulture uh, initiative, right? It's, it's, it's very predatory. It is all of the things that you said. It is the tool of the white man. So how are we going to, you know, 
uh, thrive using the white man's tools. But the issue is this. The issue is this. Okay. If you are working for money, you're part of the capitalist system. If you are, you know, have investments, if you invest in the stock market, that you are part of the capitalist system. You know, you can. So I think the issue there is we are all capitalists. Unless you're living on some commune somewhere, unless you're living on a kibbutz, you know, uh, you're a capitalist, girl. And so that, that's the thing. Like we and so the thing is, is we either this one or two things. We either use the tools that we have now to make change within our society, um, like, you know, donating to organizations that do great work. Because even now, the organizations and the structures that are and the people who are trying to dismantle capitalism or at least patriarchal and exploitive capitalism, they are usually asking for donations to do their work. Right. So they have to use capitalism in the interim to get the work done, to dismantle the prison industrial complex, to, you know, dismantle the police, right, to uh, support black trans women, you know, in getting housing and, and, you know, getting into safety and getting out of unsafe situations. You know, a lot of times on Twitter, I'm donating to cash apps and Venmos of black trans women. So we all need to use these tools in the interim. Now, the your second point, though, is imagining something better. That obviously takes time. So me at 30 blank years old, I <laughs> I can't wait 50 years to make change. Like, I want to see some change now, and I have to use the tools that are available to me to do that. And so I think imagining something better is going to take funding those organizations or those movements or putting our bodies on the line or putting, you know our lives and our word on the line to change systems. But that takes time. That takes time. Those changes, some of them might happen in short duration. Most of them are going to take time. So I think for the interim, we need to be using those tools. And so I'm not saying I want to be a billionaire like Jay-Z and Beyonce, but I will say this. I want to accumulate enough wealth to give to initiatives. Like even right now, just for me to be comfortable enough to donate to a black trans woman's cash app so she can get out of a dangerous situation i'm grateful that i have enough you know assets to even do something like that or to you know donate to uh, a friend's funeral or donate to an organization that you know runs uh after school performing arts program right you know i'm grateful that i have enough capital to do that because there was a time when i didn't you know and mm-hmm. so um miss malachi what do you think about that too um so yeah i had two points on this one i think we'll we'll get it probably will roll into it so i was like i don't want to spend too much time on this one because then we have another question i think kind of ties into kind of talking about the biden harris ticket um but my two points if i can keep my head together so one is the fact that i think a lot of people feel like it's either are and i think sometimes it is a both end like Mm. right now you could to completely divest yourself of the system it's really hard to do, yes. but you could go live on a girl, go build that hut. But it, so how am I so going to get the land? In. But how am no, I going to yeah, get the yeah, land I, to build? Yeah, that girl, I know. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, girl, those, even the white people try to do that shit in Oregon. They couldn't do it. Like, it's not real. Like you can't technically, you can't even build certain like electric lines without certain following certain ordinances or getting certain, um, following certain policies, whatever. Um, but I think it is a thing, but I think some, uh, sometimes people feel like, okay, well, then it's just this one path. And I think there's, you can kind of, it's hard to do. And I think that's the thing that, especially with social media and with where we are, that people, the nuance is lost and people are 
find it really difficult to try and hold two truths but the two truths still need to be held the fact that like yes we are in a capitalist system by the same time i do think it's worth thinking about the ways to move beyond that or to create something different or to break down those systems to build something that's more fair and equitable because capitalism started from a bit off the back of slavery slavery was a form of capital or slavery was like hyper capitalism yeah hyper um you know it was a way of like you know losing these people's bodies to build wealth that's why you know cotton and all that um sorry if you can hear this truck going by they are building he's a capitalism they're building <laughs> doing all this work despite the middle of the pandemic all this work on these apartment complexes has not stopped um so i think that's the first point is that i think it some and on both sides, like, I think sometimes people are more to like, oh, no, we need to use the systems. That's the only way. And then some people are like, no, we need to complete divest of the systems. And I think I don't want to wait. It could be centuries. It could be multiple lifetimes. And like you, you said, like, I'm also 30 plus and I don't want to wait that long. So I will do the things that I can to do that um, and understand that, like, it is um, it is not going to happen overnight. But the other point I would make is that I think it's also worth thinking about the ways in which we're always focused on the money piece, but also sometimes when we think about abundance and wealth, it can go beyond money. It can go toward time. It can go toward, I mean, the, I, I think you do this quite a lot, although you don't always talk about it, but the time you spend, whether that's helping like an older black person in your building or spending time with someone who, you know, is having a hard time mentally with what's going on or donating your time to an organization or going to clean up a neighborhood, or going to protest, or like there are other ways, or you know, buying groceries for some. Okay, well that's money. <laughs> buying groceries for someone, but maybe cooking a meal and then giving it out to someone. I think there are other ways that maybe aren't necessarily what we think of as financially related. And yes, if you have the wealth and you have the time to even do some of those activities, but I still think there are other ways we can think about what can we give that's not always monetary. Um, and I think that's a thing that's almost a different mindset. Um, and I think you and I have both discussed like our ideal model would be a Scandinavian type, that hybrid model of socialist ethics, but also, you know, some private industry, right? Or having, being able to do a startup company, right? Or being able to do, you know, to make an independent living, independent of government ownership of things. So I think we, what we, I think we're open to a hybrid model. I think for me personally, I don't want to see just straight socialism. Like, I think that there are elements of capitalism, even as ex- even as an exploitive, you know, ideology that, you know, capitalism also is how we get startups, right? How I was able to start a business on my own, right? So I just think without so you government don't think intervention. you can be independent or entrepreneurial, I guess, in a more socialist or... I think we need to... I think we need to figure out the permanent definition of socialism because i think like even bernie calls himself a democratic socialist he doesn't want to call himself just socialist so i think we need to have if we have a better understanding of what straight socialism is or other anti-capitalist structures right because you don't even Mm -hmm. necessarily mention socialism but other anti-capitalist structures Mm -hmm. i think then if I had a broader understanding of some of those, then I might be open to them. But I think yeah. right now, what I what socialism represents to me is is an extreme opposite in many ways of capitalism. Mm, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just I hit on that imagination point because I think also you know 
we are capable of imagining that. I just think sometimes we don't do it. And oftentimes the reason we don't do it is because of our base or of, you know, selfish narcissism, greed, like, or because we're just worried about ourselves, which is kind of something that comes from capitalism. But I think that like, for me, it always killed me that I had a conversation with a young black queen who like, he didn't, he didn't want to think about reparations. And it's like, yeah, you don't even want to talk like it's like, but like, right. and that's that thing. But like, and I'm like, wait, so you're not, but what about like, let's properly educate ourselves on what slavery was like the 400, um, like the, um, 16, um, I'm <laughs> like the um, 16 project that Nicole Hannah Jones is doing. And he's like, Oh, well I could be down for that. But I'm like, but that's, that's a form of reparations. But by you just straight hearing reparations be like, Oh no, white people are never going to go for it. I think it's ridiculous. Like you're blocked. You're not even able to imagine other possibilities. And I think sometimes that's what I find frustrating is that, we can't even like, okay, maybe we'll choose the more moderate or the more likely. But like, if we can't even imagine something else or we can't even push ourselves to dream or go for something else, then how are we truly going to progress? Because I don't think the marginal, you know, progression, I don't think is it. Because that's, that is still, that is, I think that is a part of how we got to Trump. Um, but we can pick that back up getting to this next one. And I will say this, socialism versus, because it's not, socialism isn't, I guess, the direct opposite of capitalism. Socialism is when the people control the means of production. But I still don't see how that lends itself to you having a private business, right? If you want to open your own business in your own restaurant or your own whatever it is, like, how does socialism comply? Like, how does socialism fit with that? So if, I'm not if that's strict socialism, you know what I mean? Like I'm not as um up on my marks. <laughs> it was like one of the like father socialism. But I don't I think I think it is not I think like cap like there it can be adaptive. Like I think these models, they're kind of like frameworks that can still be adapted. So I don't think it means that like if you're in a more social like oh that everyone just gets paid a hundred dollars and everyone's to do certain jobs and this is it. But I think they these um different modes of like frameworks can be adaptive toward the needs of the society um but then it gets into that imagination piece like if you're not even thinking about how can we try and adapt this for our needs or for the kind of society we have then you'll never find out what's possible so girls so girls write into us with your versions of ideal versions of socialism how it would be adaptive uh, to this and i'll country. probably do some work because like, there's someone i follow who d- thinks a lot about this but but I'll also be I'll also be honest with you. Some of these people also go for the point that like, well, maybe in that world you're not striving to be not to say that you're not still doing your own business, but you're not striving to be a Jeff Bezos. You're not striving to be a billionaire, a million. You're not striving to maybe even make five hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, because that isn't necessary. Because you're not because in order to have a more fair society where we don't have homelessness then we shouldn't have people with such extreme wealth or wealth that's so beyond the means of the majority. But I'll leave that there because we're getting a little outside my yeah, wheelhouse. But that's something I will definitely look at too. Okay. Um, so this next one I'm going to call it from Miss Lissa, uh, our WAP stan, <laughs> number one stan. <laughs> um, hi, lovelies. Big, big fan. Can't wait for the live show. Girl, 2021, mid-2021, maybe. <laughs> oh, girl, that's looking, that's a little optimistic. <laughs> That's a little optimistic. Yeah. All right, fall, winter, twenty twenty. Although we gotta wait for the next, you know, the next virus, the zombie virus. So twenty twenty two, bitch. We're gonna see you in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two for the live show. That's it, right there. 
Um, I love your banner every time I listen to the show. I feel like I'm sitting with my friends. <laughs> um, in my head, Miss Devereaux, we are already besties because Gemini's run the world. Hey, Ms. Gemini. <laughs> hey. Miss um, Malachi, I already know <laughs> my heart. Um, but anyway, a few comments um, I want to put in your girl's ears. So this is about Miss Kamala. Ooh, I'm getting that name right, bitch. Let me tell you, I heard my white boss basically say this lady's name wrong. Ugh, anyway, how was she saying Ugh, it? Because I think you just said it wrong. No, sorry, again, girl. it was a, sorry. It was a. Is it's, it Kamala? It, oh, you said, but you said Kamala. It's it's. Did I just say? Ka- I thought you I said, said you said Kamala, oh, I said Kamala the first time. Kamala. Oh, in my like, head, I had. Kamala. I would just think of it as yeah, C O M M A La. Yeah, Kamala. Kamala. Yeah, that's been helping me. Okay, then I <laughs> then I still messed up. I thought I okay in my head I was saying it right. Um, Kamala, mm-hmm. um, I, which y'all made me have to listen to this re-recording. No, we're gonna let this go. Um, on the ticket SVP, um, I know everyone is saying that it's a great idea, but we have to remind the hypies: <laughs> this is still an election and the least of two great evils. Miss Harris is no different. Miss um, Miss Harris is a black woman, obviously, um, but her record as Attorney General in California is a very clear example that cis has their priorities messed up. Constant support of prison funding, harsher sentences for minor drug infractions. Um, you know, she denied, you know, giving um, transition or giving um, health care to black trans women. Um, we'll put black trans women in male, um, male, um, what's it called? Like male uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, her lack of authenticity. I'm adding that part. <laughs> her lack of authenticity is crystal clear. And let's not forget this big ass gap between her public presentation versus her factual and historical record. Smells like bullshit to me, but clearly this was the best ticket choice in quotes. It's political. <laughs> well played, Lady Biden. Just know that the realty on Miss Kama- Ms. Kamala, um, all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter because I want a bigger picture in the history book. Harris, ooh, I didn't read that part before. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> um, Sis will still get my vote. It's blue no matter who, but she gonna get that side eye while I do the slow clap. <laughs> so Ooh, that was that was some tea. Yes, yes, that was some tea. Um, now you kind of been covered as some of the girls who have voiced, you know. So I think it's a spectrum, right? I think there are some people who are just like haters gonna. Hate. Some people are just sex. There's sexism out there. There's um, misogynoir, which is basically like hate of black women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there for what some of the critiques are from Miss Kamala. But I think in some ways where we need to truly listen, I almost don't even want to hear what hetero black men. I want to listen to like what black women are saying, what black trans women are saying, mm-hmm. like hearing some of their, you know, critiques of her. And so, and, you know, I know a lot of people were toting Miss Angela Davis. She came out hard for it, which I think got quite a few people. Cause obviously Miss Angela Davis, Miss that's Miss Prison Abolition. Like she's about that life. Um, I think, uh, I think part of the reason she did it was because truly seeing what's at stake. Um, but she's I scared. Think, she's scared like the rest of us, like of Trump getting reelected. And I totally understand where she's coming I, from. Like I really do. But there's also a point where I think I think there's some a reality where. Things will get better for some of us, but for some people, things will still be the same. And I think someone's making the point, and this remains to be seen, and I mean, it will be on us to push him, but like, would ca- would cages go away at the board? Like, maybe kids in cages will go away, but would people still be caged? Would we, people still be dis- de- um, deported? Because um, we always go back and forth on this, and we'll probably 
give it more time whenever we do our Obama episode, but like how Obama was a person to do the most deportation. Um, more than Bush. Yeah, of any president in history. More than, and I guess, more than Trump. Before Trump. Trump. Yeah, I have to look to see before Trump. Yeah, I wonder if, I I I have to see relative to to Trump, Trump, but definitely but why was that presidents prior and i i still don't quite have an answer to that we'll definitely and i have a friend who you know i have a friend who made the point that some of those people getting deported were black were haitian so that was like people of black experience of the black diaspora so well, I, re- I read this really nuanced piece today from uh, written by a black queer man so but he's he's greek you know he's in a greek letter organization and he's super connected with um hetero black men and he was honest that a lot of the, the hetero black men don't stand her. Yes, because, you know, she definitely had a history of, you know, convicting or not or trying to convict a number of black men in California during her prosecutor days. Um, but also because she is a black woman. And had there been had there been a black man on the ticket with the same prosecutorial history that Miss Kamala Harris had, mm. that black men would be standing her or, you know, they would look past that. But because he's a black mm. woman who did that, you know, there's extra scrutiny of her. And so I thought that mm. was uh, one valid complaint for sure. The mis- noir piece, you know, that black men have an issue with her partially because she is a woman, you know, and. Mm. A man with the same even history. though she's a black woman, even she's though she's a black a woman, yeah, and a black man with the same prosecutorial history would not get quite that level of scrutiny. But also, she has some things to answer for, for sure. Just like you brought up, Miss Malachi, she has some things to answer for. But there's some new. So, for instance, one of the things that people get her on is uh, they say she tried to deny early release for prisoners in California because prisoners in California are being used as labor to help put out forest mm-hmm. fires. And yes. so she tried to deny them early release because uh, the prison, you know, the the prison system said, oh, we need them to help put these fires out. And, you know, and they're being paid like 15 cents an hour for that. Mm. But that's actually like not true. She actually was opposed to using them as prison labor. But someone in her office went contrary to her and 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 released something or statement like that. So you got to remember, sometimes the black woman... But how that, does that happen in her office if she's the attorney So general. how that happens, I, I also read this too from another black female prosecutor who worked under her that said, you know, she was given a hard time as a black woman at the head of the... As a, as a head prosecutor and that white men and white women and even some, mm. you know, other types of people were very, very oppositional to some of her progressive mm. policies from the top town and would go... con from the top down and would go and release things or do things that were contrary to her prosecutorial philosophy. So, you know, that does seem like a management issue, but it also, because she should have cleaned house, right? From anyone who yeah. defied her, but then it also can come off as authoritarian to do that. But they basically that they gave her hell in the prosecutor's yeah. office. And that, yeah. that's something interesting too. So like all the things that came out of her prosecutor, she's responsible for, and yet they might not have come from her. And I think that, is something she should be honest about. She should be honest yeah. about that. And like and say what did come from her, what didn't come from her, what she regrets, uh, you know, and make make it right for people to be able to vote for her. And she owes people that. She does. And people were saying I was just going hard at people who came for her. I, I, it wasn't necessarily people who came. It's just the way that they would phrase things to, to basically t- get that would basically say to people it's okay not to vote or you you know that you uh 
that I'm barely, you know, I'm barely, I'm barely want to vote in this next election. And those are the kinds of things I would criticize. It wasn't even criticism of her. I also thought people let people have their mo- like in the day or two after she was selected last week. You know, people like my mom, a black woman, were toasting to her. That's fair. And I thought they didn't give, they didn't let the AKAs were happy, right? Let <laughs> let certain people <laughs> have their that. moment in a in the day or two after she's selected. Then come in with the critiques. But let us have for twenty four to forty eight <sighs> hours to celebrate I mean... her as a black woman getting on this ticket and that's all that was what i was asking but i said that privately to people i didn't really say that publicly as much but i saw my mom my mom did a, a champagne toast to her like you know yeah. on on facebook so i i just i know people were just so happy about it so i, I wanted to give them that moment to you yeah and i think i think you know she it's something like you know she's black she's south asian like there's something there yes um, the south asian also, girls right they're i mean it's like yeah. i heard in india they're like they are so like ecstatic about her being on the ticket yeah. like they she has so many not only is she south asian but she actually went to india a number of times in her childhood and they're yeah just, i think she was no no she was in canada for high school for a bit but yeah right. yeah she is yeah um but i think there's also at the same time, I respect, especially if, like, you're a black trans girl, and you're like, well, fuck her still. And fuck her, I don't want to vote. Like, right. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I even I mean, saw maybe, something maybe we should about... talk about voting. Maybe, oh, if we could find a girl who's not going to vote. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. But I think, um, also, too, I saw things like, okay, she locked all these black men up for marijuana. And then I looked at the stats, and, like, the marijuana convictions went down like they were cut by like 80% during her tenure as California Attorney General. And I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all girls keep talking about her locking up all these black men for marijuana. And these stats went way down. So some of you girls, I think, don't have accurate information in your critiques. Some of it is, some of it isn't. And I think we need to figure out what's right and what's not. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I think it's worth, you know, whatever emotion you have to take a step back and look at the facts. Um, but also to understand, like, Obama didn't fix everything. Like, mm-hmm. no one person is going to fix everything. And just because they are of a marginalized identity, um, like, you know, I've been having some beef with Lori Lightwood, the mayor of Chicago. Just because they're in a marginalized identity and put in certain roles doesn't mean that... It doesn't mean, like, oh, I think Kamala's going to, like, go fucking eight. Like, I know some people are like, oh, well, now we got a cop in office. But... Just because they look like us doesn't mean that they're always going to have our back in all ways because there are other forces. The system is bigger than them, basically. The system is bigger than a mayor. The system is bigger than the president. Um, and she, but she's and that's been, worth I remembering. Mean, but remember, Kamala also, too, has been has been ranked the first or second most progressive senator during every year she's been in office. Yeah. So you had some years more progressive than Bernie even on her yeah. voting. So I think I it's, just, worth saying, she has, it's worth saying she has evolved. So I think it's yes. worth looking not forgetting her seat but looking in the context of who she has become and even if that's still not enough like i respect it but it's worth looking at you know people change for sure for sure um so i want to get to um our last question um going back to miss keisha what are a few things you two are thankful for as a result of these covid times I thought that'd be a nice question to end this episode on. Yeah, definitely. I am just thankful for my health. Like, I have been able to stay... <laughs> I'm still alive, bitch. Um, exactly. <laughs> I've lived in, you know, after New York, Detroit was an early COVID epicenter back in March. I mean, it was running through the city for whatever reason. I don't even know why it hit Detroit so hard, exactly. Maybe it's our international airport. I don't know what it is. But um, Detroit, New York, 
New or New York, obviously New York, Detroit, New Orleans, and Chicago were hit. In Boston, were hit early, and I and me and my immediate family were all you know safe during it. And so mm-hmm. grateful that we're not frontline workers and we didn't have to put our lives and bodies on the line every single day mm-hmm. um, for risk because a lot you know we knew people who were and got sick and. That's what I'm most grateful for is for my health. And it's the thing that I, I pray because I'm a praying girl. I pray about it every night. And I'm thankful See, for that. You say you're not saved. I am saved. <laughs> um, I think mine would be a prioritization. I think this experience, I mean, when we were away, we were out of the country at the beginning of this year. And we thought, girl, we might come back to a war. And like, who could have seen this coming? And I think, well, some people did, obviously. <laughs> but, but I think it really makes you think about what really matters. And I think there's times when we chase certain things. And for me, it's like, you know, I prioritize like, oh, I really do want to be in a more creative, like starting this podcast with you, girl, and doing more creative things, doing things that make me happy, even if it's not, you know, not to necessarily chase a dollar. And it's not like, oh, I'm completely being like, oh, I'm completely anti-capitalist, but to understand the ways in which money truly doesn't always make you happy like money does make you comfortable especially in our society it in some ways can also protect you but there are ways to there are other ways to bring happy to get find that happiness um and almost yeah right now i'm still kind of figuring out this prioritization of like am i still going to continue to be a la girl am i still because i want to prioritize maybe a relationship or some things that i'm finding difficult to happen here which we'll talk about a whole nother episode but um yeah i think this really puts a lot of things in stark contrast of what really matters to you um and i think that is one thing to take away um and to be thankful for that in a way unfortunately it came with you know a toll but for those of us who have continued to be healthy and are to have recovered if we did fall down um to be thankful and to take that experience with us into the next pandemic (laughs) but I mean, we went a hundred uh, years without a major <laughs> pandemic. Hopefully, we'll go another hundred years. That doesn't look likely these days, but but I I don't want to say one's coming that quickly. Yeah, Hopefully sorry, we, sorry. We bought ourselves some time. You know, I'm that down girl. And some preparation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get those guns, girl, for the zombies. So, um, we're still. I like. I just have quick thoughts and prayers. Uh, I talked about some other things, but Miss you, Miss um, United States Postal Service. Um, the Postmaster General recently, I think it was today, um, basically said they're no longer going to be making any more changes and taking out machines and all this other bullshit that had us fucking worry about the election because the girls, rightfully so, were ready to go to the mat. Miss Pelosi was calling, you know, Congress people back to the Washington. People, like, tons of attorney generals at different states were about to sue the um, the government. Like, it was, because it, it was so clear, especially with Trump basically saying that, like, fuck the Postal Service, I don't want this fucking mail-in ballots, that was going to go real bad real fast. So that was a nice thing. That doesn't mean we still need to help her. We still need to protect her. Go buy those stamps. Go put something in the mail. You know, be nice to your mail person. Tell them hello. Tell them hi. You know, they'd be out there doing that mail in the heat. Um, and most times, they're a person of color. Um, so I don't know if you had anything on that one, girl. Nope, nope. You said, you said everything, girl. Really uh, did she have any snaps this week? Yeah, very quickly. I just want to say two snaps to Michelle Obama and <laughs> Bernie Sanders for great speeches earlier this week at the convention. Uh, both of them, and I'm not even a Bernie Sanders girl like that, but I thought I thought Miss Bernie Sanders gave a great speech. Obviously, Michelle Obama's speech was phenomenal as always. So yep. yeah, 
Yeah, we'll probably talk a bit more about the DNC. We'll maybe try and tie it in next week because it'll be done by then. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what we're doing next week. Maybe we'll be all over the map because that's yeah. going to be our 20th show. Yes. We made it to, oh, well, I'm about to be like, we made it 20 episodes. Wait, you didn't get there yet, bitch. We didn't get there yet. Next week. Uh, next week. But we've done this one. Um, thank you for everyone who wrote in. Continue to do that. Um, we start building in emails <laughs> to bigger part of the show or more often um thank you as always for listening follow us on social media at two safe king kings two safe queens um especially on twitter where miss devril is getting us into fights and on instagram <laughs> she's talking about how she misses some good d i'm like girl you be going you you've missing it girl i mean i'm missing it too. we're missing we're a both lot missing it be we miss, i feel like yours is because i just don't do social media like that so yeah i'd be looking at our instagram i was like this girl who are these people we follow it just like <laughs> everyone got an only fans i'm like are they helping our metrics <laughs> but um, <laughs> um don't forget to rate us and review us on a podcast platform of your choice stay safe healthy and saved out there what you got for us miss deverell what's the word girl don't girls don't do not tell trade you're gonna let them hit during corona if you're really not gonna let them hit like i know i'd be playing that game sometimes but you know i'm still on quarantine <laughs> So, girl, don't fake that shit. They will get mad as hell. You will lose your trade for post-corona, girl. All right? <laughs> FYI, don't don't fake it like you're going to let trade hit when you're not. Not right now, girl. Not they're too, right th- now. They're too hungry for it. They're, they're too, too hungry, hungry for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye. See you next week. Bye, girls.